everybody and welcome to The Tangled Angle. I'm Janice Christensen and here we address the tangled angles of conservative American values given to us by the Constitution while using facts and keeping it classy. I am a news junkie with a passion and interest in government politics and American history and I spent 16 years in the halls of the Washington State Legislature supporting my husband Dan Christensen who was elected to the House of Representatives from 2003 to 2018. Now with this podcast, I'm able to share and discuss what I've learned and experienced, along with some historical context of where we are on the timeline of history. Today I want to talk about the subject of public schools, and this is a huge subject. And I am in no way going to cover this in adequate detail here in one podcast. And let me also say before I get started that there are some great teachers and administrators that work tirelessly on behalf of the children they are entrusted with. But for the sake of this short podcast, I am speaking in generalities about the institution of the public schools in general, give a little history on the public schools, and I am not necessarily addressing the individuals who work within the system that are doing great work for kids. And I want to start with a personal story. Years ago, in the early 2000s, when my husband ran for the state House of Representatives, we had a political consultant, and he was a real political hack. He was very helpful to us, actually. And he began helping my husband run for political office by giving us some pointers. And he briefed us on all sorts of different issues that the Washington State Legislature faces, and one of those issues was education. And he called the public schools government indoctrination centers for the left. And I was shocked that he called him this. And that was back when we were all trying to be polite and all trying to be kind about our analytical analysis of what we found going into the education system and the public schools and what was going on in our country. He was the first one to call them government indoctrination centers. And I think after 2020, many of us have really realized and it's been exposed what public schools are. People insulted President Donald Trump when he said he wanted to drain the swamp, and I think people only thought that meant what was going on in Washington, D.C., but I believe in large part the swamp is our public education system, kindergarten through 12th grade, and public universities that are now teaching anti-Americanism and really leftist ideologies. I was a product of the public school system through the 1970s, and I read books like Animal Farm and 1984 by George Orwell. It was really a leftist education here in our state. This wouldn't have been so bad if it was balanced out with the other side, the history of the United States, the history of the state of Washington, and all the amazing patriots and people who built this country founded on the Judeo-Christian principles of the Bible and the amazing founders of our country who based the three branches of government upon the triune God of the Bible. But I didn't have a balanced education until well into adulthood. And what I've learned now is our government was not created to, nor was it ever in the minds of the founders, that education would be a responsibility of the government. Our founders never had this as an intention that the government would provide education that was absurd. And the public schools are a relatively new phenomenon in the history of the world. They started probably, I don't know, in the late 1800s in Massachusetts, and they spread to other sections of the country. And by 1900, 32 states had passed compulsory education laws. And by 1930, all the states 
had some form of this law in place, which brought in a nationwide public school system. But in the history of the world, men and women of history were taught by their parents or sent tutors who individually taught them. It was never even conceived of that you would have a government educate children. And until this public school system was formed, literacy and arithmetic and all the other skills needed were taught inside the family, assuming the parents had these skills. Literacy rates were much higher in New England at the time because of the population there, and this population had been deeply involved in the Protestant Reformation, and the parents taught the kids to read because they wanted them to read scripture. And this is why in New England, literacy rates were really encouraged and pushed is because the parents at the time and experienced the Protestant Reformation wanted their kids to be able to read scripture. The modern printing press was invented in Germany in 1439, but by the late 1800s, Western printing technology had been adopted all over the world. And by the end of the 19th century, mass printing was possible. So by the late 19th century, the Bible was widely available in English, and this is why the, those in the Protestant Reformation wanted their kids to be able to read. So school further evolved for what is now known as the public school system being fully established in about 1900. Industrial barons started public school to give rural men and women, and especially children, just enough of an ability to read and write to mold them into compliant factory workers. A man named Frederick T. Gates, who was then no relation to Bill Gates, but a man named Frederick T. Gates, who was then the chairman of the General Education Board in 1916, when public education really began to spread, wrote in the Country School of Tomorrow, an educational manual for the General Education Board, he wrote, the children shall form an ideal society. And also he wrote, quote, so we will organize our children into a little community and teach them to do in a perfect way the things their fathers and mothers are doing in an imperfect way in the home, in the shop, on the farm, end of quote. So what this meant is they wanted to get these kids into the public school system because they thought they could do it a perfect way and educate these children in a perfect way because they saw that the parents were doing it imperfectly. In another part, he writes, quote, in our dream, the people yield themselves with perfect docility to our molding hand. The present educational conventions fade from our minds, and unhampered by tradition, we will work our own goodwill upon a grateful and responsible rural folk. We shall not try to make these people or any of their children into philosophers or men of learning or of science. We are not to raise up among them authors, orators, poets, or men of letters. End of quote. So did you catch that? The goal of the public school system in the early 1900s was not to raise up men of who are authors, orators, poets, or men of letters. In this document, which clearly outlines the forming of the public school system, he nicely and politely stripped the God-given rights of the parents away from them and attempted to form societies of children independent of rural parents having no intention to make them literate or teach them science which I think is really interesting now because on social media, they're all screaming about science and follow the science. And it's really interesting that the experts now among us are demanding we follow the science. We have to ask, who's science? Another thing that should be noted in this public school experiment is 
It went national in the 1900s. However, under President Jimmy Carter, he brought it to a cabinet-level position, the Department of Education, in 1979. And the act to establish the department was signed by Carter in October of 1979. So this gave the Department of Education federal status on his cabinet and on all future cabinets of presidents. President Jimmy Carter was the primary advocate for creating this modern cabinet-level Department of Education. But it's interesting to note that this was opposed by many within the Republican Party who viewed the department as unconstitutional. They did not feel that education fit as a role of government. The Republicans at that time argued that the Constitution doesn't mention education and deemed the department unnecessary. Some even said it should be illegal. However, Carter left it on his cabinet and it stayed there until this day. So again, many people who understand our Constitution and the Bill of Rights realize that education was never a role of government. It was never intended from our founders. Education was never intended to be a role of government. So from the beginning, the public schools were not about supporting the traditional family unit with the father and a mother as the primary educators and moral teachers of the children. Schools for children should enhance and support what the parents are doing at home and support and affirm the values of the parents. This is what we assume now is happening that, oh, these public school systems are supporting what the parents are doing at home. They're for the parents. They're coming alongside the parents to help them. And it's like, no, that was never the intention of the public school system. So I think now what we've seen is 100 years later, the full fruition of reaping the results of having a lot of our children educated or non-educated, I should say, in the public school system. And I think a lot of parents, um, even myself when I was younger, thought, oh, well, school is about the three R's, reading, writing, and arithmetic. And that's why I'm sending my kids to school so they'll learn the fundamental things that they need to know to become successful adults. And so many parents believe this about the public schools. They believe that their kids are learning reading and writing and history of our nation, along with enjoying, you know, the typical things, band, sports, and the extracurricular activities when kids can, you know, when kids are together that they can enjoy. But this was not nor has ever been the priority or goal of the public school system. The goal is to shape their morals into the ideology of the left and to separate them from the values, morals, and influence of their parents. I think this has really become blaringly obvious during 2020 when a lot of the kids went home and they're supposed to be learning over Zoom or whatever it was online. And parents had a bird's eye view into what their kids were learning or not learning. And when COVID came along and our government shut down our schools and many are still not reopened, the public school system has been revealed for what it really is. And now it blatantly now no longer even pretends to resemble school and learning but government indoctrination centers for the left and a place to systematically brainwash kids to disrespect and challenge their parents, hate themselves, hate America, and really pollute and ruin any desire that a child naturally has to learn. The teachers union, at least here in Washington state, which I've gotten a close-up view of, they're clearly not about what is best for the student because if that was the case, they would all be back in the classroom. 
And now people are looking at this education system in our state and wondering, why don't they get these kids back in the classroom and start teaching the kids in person like they were hired to do? Well, the reason is plain and simple, and I'm going to shift a little bit here, but businesses and corporations and, yes, even schools and the education of our children will only thrive when there's competition amongst them. And the public school system and the teachers union is the 1,000 pound elephant running the show. Those teachers have received full paychecks the entire time the school's been shut down. Their pensions are being fully funded each month and they have a full pension when they retire. So what's the incentive to return back to the classroom? They have felt no financial pain. In the private sector, and this includes private schools, when the students or customers don't show up, the teachers and administrators are out of a job and the businesses shut down. Why? Because the cash flow shuts off. And this is true with charter and private schools also. The schools answer to the parents, not to some top-heavy administrative behemoth of bureaucracy and unionization. And let me be sure to mention here that I have spoken to some of these teachers in the public school system who are frustrated about what the public school curriculum in the administration often requires of them. Many who work in the system are very frustrated and feel like their hands are tied because of the teachers union and the state and federal standards that mandate what schools are supposed to teach. And another fact is that the public school system is the only option for uh, at-risk kids, and there are many cases of kids that are not adequately taken care of by their parents, or they lack parents, and these situations are heartbreaking. So I understand that the public school system is the only option for these kids. And now during COVID, I've also noticed that there are school districts around the nation that are doing a decent job. And I've really tried to make the public school model work by truly adapting it to the needs of the students it teaches. I basically speak out of my experience here in Washington State, but I know around the nation it really depends upon the state that the schools are in and the mandates put upon them in the individual school districts how well they are doing as far as educating children. And I know there's a couple school districts I can think of Colorado and Utah where parents have taken it upon themselves to get active in the school board, and some of them have even taken over the school boards to do what is right for the kids. It's really truly good news that these parents are trying to somewhat redeem the system and the public school model and adapting it to the needs of the students. So what is the solution to this complicated problem? I have two things. The first thing is, if you are a parent and you have school-aged children, it's very important that you take it upon yourself to make sure as the parent with kids, with the kids that God entrusted you with, that you will educate them. You'll be their primary educator. This can take many forms, but it's time to stop expecting the public school system to educate kids, even though they receive millions of ta taxpayer dollars a year to do so. Somebody's teaching your kids values. What values are they teaching is the question. The public school system feels no compulsion to teach your children math, history, English, reading, or economics, and the basics of what a good education entails. I mean, we can see this now in America. The results for this public school experiment that's about 100 years old has, has been disastrous. 
In 2019, nearly 70% of America's school children did not meet reading proficiency standards set by the National Assessment of Educational Progress. The public school system deserves an F, and this is no secret to anyone paying attention. As parents, we have, I think especially this last year or so, when we've gotten an up-close view of what the schools are doing or not doing, it's been asked, how did we slip so far away from honesty, integrity, and respect for others, integrity in the system, teaching what we would call a great education and all the subjects that that entails, And as America, how have we slipped so far down the list of countries as far as an educated people is concerned? You know, how did this happen? Taking the 30,000 foot level, one cause of this problem is that we did this by sending a couple generations of our kids, probably three generations of our kids to the public school system by sending our kids to the public schools six hours a day, year in and year out for 12 years or 16 years if they went to a public university. And there they were taught no regard or respect for God. They were taught how to disrespect America, all the way to actually hating America. They're taught the history of our nation that that is flawed and bad and something to be repented of. But more importantly, the public schools do not teach that math, history, civics, science, music, civil government, and all the rest of the subjects originate in the Bible. And these are what some would call secular subjects, but they have their deep founding roots in the Bible. Children learn or don't learn morals from somebody. The public school system is teaching your children a set of morals that is in complete opposition to anything good, right, true, or just. There's no such thing as a blank slate. Every institution, every school, every business, every corporation, and every family has a set of beliefs founded in something. So if you have school-aged children, I highly suggest that you don't wait for the public schools to do something constructive and meaningful in the education of your child. Take it into your own hands to be the primary educator of them and figure it out from there. And the second solution I would have to this problem is, if you are conservative, attend school board meetings, ask questions, make your voice be heard about what's best for the children and don't be silent. Attend school board meetings, email the school board members, ask them questions, come alongside of them, get to know them, and also consider running for the school board yourself to influence those in your school district and have some say about where the millions of dollars are spent in your local school district. Something I learned when my husband was in the Washington State Legislature that half of the Washington State budget which is now over $50 billion every biennium, is spent on education. Half of the Washington state budget is spent on educating children. So join the local school board and make sure some of that money is being spent on curriculums and programs that have some virtue and truth to them and make your voice be heard to stop the social brainwashing of the radicals on the left that now control our public school system and always have. We cannot Uh, abandon being an influence in the schools as conservatives and those on the right. But we certainly do not want to subject our own children to it if we at all have a choice. What are the specific options if you don't want your kids or grandkids in public schools? 
There are many, many options, especially now with the computer. And I highly suggest you get your kids out of the public school system and find another option that can fit your family. In the show notes of the podcast, I'll list some of these things. I'll list some of the options and some of the curriculums. And there's so many out there, but the ones that I know about, I'll put in the show notes. There are charter schools in Washington State now. Thank you, Washington Policy Center. They were a huge advocate for charter schools in our state. There's homeschool pods and co-ops, team teaching with other parents, and multitudes of fun, creative, and doable homeschool curriculums that you can be tailored just to your child's strengths. Um, parents are getting together groups, four or five families, and each one of the moms or dads is choosing a subject to teach to the rest of the kids in that homeschool pod. There's so many creative things going on now, and I highly suggest that you talk to other parents and figure out a way to be the primary responsible educator of your child. And if you do have your kids in public school and this is your only option, you're going to have to be doing double overtime to make sure that your kids understand what your values are, what your beliefs are, and teach them what is right and wrong. Know your kids' friends, know your kids' friends' parents, know the teachers well, go to every parent-teacher conference you can, and pay careful attention to what they are learning or what they are not learning and should be learning. A little bit my, about my own experience with schooling our kids. We had our kids in private school or we homeschooled, depending on the child, depending on the year, depending on what was going on in our family. Um, it really was different from year to year, but one of the years I tried to do what is called unschooling. And where we would only sit down for about an hour, hour and a half each day. And the rest of the day, we were up and about and learning on the go. And unschooling was a term that I probably heard in the early 2000s when my kids were young. And many parents were becoming concerned with how the public schools were teaching the same curriculum by the same method, using the same textbooks each year and the same slanted curriculum to the left. And parents wanted their kids to be really set free from the weariness of the small school desk and let them learn on the move, on the go, and by visiting parks and historical sites, places of interest, and let the kids see the world of adults and learn from there. We also spent a lot of time outdoors that year and learning on the move. With unschooling, it's intentional education in many different settings to mix it up, bring variety to it, and really keep it interesting both for the parent who, in this case me, who was doing the homeschooling and for our child at the time. So there's many options. I'm sure in a future podcast, I, um, I'm going to talk about education further. Um, I have a good friend on one of the school boards here in our state, and I want to have her as a guest on this podcast to talk about what is it like to sit on a school board as a conservative. So I hope this gives you a little bit more understanding about what the public school system is, how it came to be in our nation, and that it is a relatively new experiment in how to educate children. I will leave all my references in the show notes, and I will have the different articles I've referenced and different options for different kinds of schooling. All of that is in the show notes. I'd love to hear from you. 
Please give me some feedback and let me know what you think. You can find me on Facebook at Janice Christensen and on Instagram, Twitter, and Telegram at Janice Christ, J-A-N-I-S-K-R-I-S-T. Thank you.